Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everybody. It is Thursday night in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Joined for our Steelers post-game show after a 21-18 Steelers loss to New England um, at Acrisure Stadium. Paul Zeiss is, is joining me. Um, Paul, this this felt like a different loss than uh, pretty much anything that's preceded it um, this season. It, it really feels like um, you know, that the, the things have gotten to a bleak place for this team. What are your, your initial reactions before we dig into it? Um, that, that, you know, last week we were talking about that being one of the worst losses of the Tomlin era. This week, this week it was even worse. I mean, it was even worse. You, you, you allow a team that cannot score to get 21 points against you. It's ridiculous. And I know seven of them, you know, were kind of handed to them a little bit by, by an interception. But at the end of the day, this is a team that scored over the last three weeks 26 total points in three games. I'm sorry, gave up 26 total points and lost all three games um, because they cannot score. And so, you know, if you think about it, this is, this is a game you have to win. After losing the game you lost last week, there, you have to win this game. And to start out the way they started out, allowing Bailey Zappi to go right down the field, basically, um, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and, and the worst part about it is, uh, Adam, if Bill Belichick had a brain a little bit and used his brain a little bit, this, this would have been an even worse loss. The only way the Steelers were getting back in this game is if, they, if, he, if he kept having Bailey Zappi through the ball because you know sooner or later it was going to be a strip sack or an interception. That interception really, you know, they, they took it down and they didn't cash it in, but then they blocked the punt and got the ball and then they cashed it in. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, they were at like the 45-yard line. If they run it three times, first of all, I think they would have gotten it into the fourth quarter and they punted the, the Steelers down, you know, inside their own five or 10-yard line or whatever. It was over. Even though there was the 14 minutes left, they weren't going to drive the field. They got life because I don't know what Bill Belichick was thinking. And then on the next drive, he almost threw another interception. So at the end of the day, this was as bad of a loss as I can remember in the Mike Tomlin era. It's, it's worse than last week's. So whatever we thought was worse, you know, whatever we thought, if, if, if anyone thought there was a worse loss than last week's, I'll, I'll listen to maybe the argument about why, you know, that loss might be worse than this. But this was worse than last week's, and so I'm saying it's maybe the worst loss of the of the Tomlin era. Yeah, I, listen, the, the the chat is on fire already about Mike Tomlin. We are going to get into his present, his future in Pittsburgh. 
Um, just want to thank, before we do, thank our primary sponsor for this episode of the podcast and every Steelers postgame show, Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Paul, um, every week we, we talk about Mike Tomlin on, on this podcast, on, on your the Thursday show you and I do, and we say he wins the games that he needs to win against the bad teams. That's how he ends up with a winning record at the end of the year. That's how the Steelers stay in the hunt at the end of the year, almost every year. Um, you lose these two games to two two-win teams back-to-back. Um, you look lifeless for at least a half in both of them. Um that feels like a material change from, you know, the, the Tomlin um, teams of the past. And listen, they could scrape together two more wins here, get to nine and eight, have that winning record, miss the playoffs. Maybe they get into the playoffs. Who knows? But you had a chance, Paul, to, to be a team that, that could have a, you know, that fifth seed going into to the wild card round of the playoffs. You were starting to look like a team that, that might be a little bit dangerous and that all evaporates in two weeks. Um, is the shine starting to come off of, of that defense that you and I have made for for Mike Tomlin this you know this whole season and for you know the past couple of years? I mean, we, two weeks ago we were talking about well they're going to be nine and four and then we'll see what happens the rest of the way. weren't we talking about that two yeah. weeks ago? They're going to be nine and four and then we'll see what happens the rest of the way. Then they lose to the Cardinals. Okay, there's no way they're going to lose to the to the Patriots after losing the Cardinals. He'll have them ready to play, and you know what? Whatever the hell happened here tonight, uh, and of course, you know, I'm down here at Acrisure Stadium. Whatever happened here tonight um, felt a lot different than a lot of things that have gone on in the Mike Tomlin era. And so to me, I look at this loss and I put it squarely on the shoulders of Mike Tomlin. I don't care. I know Mitch Trubisky threw an interception. The defense did this, this, and that, and everything. The team looks like they have no plan. They, you know, and 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 they and they make some very strange and and his use of timeouts tonight was absolutely absurd. I mean, you know, one of the reasons why the game was over is because he had no more timeouts left because he burned one to decide to go for it, and he burned another one. I forget what the other reason was. He burned another one. I, I don't understand what he did. And the thing about it is, when you burn that timeout, and you only have one left. I think you go for it on fourth and two. I know it's fourth and two, you know what? But I think you basically, once you once you went for it on fourth down the first time and got it, and you realize you only have one timeout left, I'm not sure why you don't go for it on fourth and two. I mean, you know, I don't, again, I don't think Mitch Trubisky was great. Um, he obviously missed some throws. I thought the game plan didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I thought they wasted a lot of downs trying to run into a brick wall. I mean, the Patriots are one of the best run defenses in the league. Um, you know, defensively, they gave way too much space up to the receivers. Um, and frankly, you know, they, they, there was a couple of uh, pass interference calls early on, or else it could have been, you know, 24 to something or 28 to something, right? So to me, I mean – this was a, just another one of these colossal failures where, you know, every when you start pointing to every single aspect of the game, then you start to say, is this a well-coached football team or not? 
And, and, you know, I've been squarely in Mike Tomlin's corner for, you know, even, even though I've been one of the few people that will criticize him, you know, I've been very much in his corner and then like, you know, he's a good coach and they're a well-coached team for the most part tonight and last on Sunday. And tonight, if these were the only two games you've ever watched of the Mike Tomlin era, you would not come to the conclusion. They're a very well-coached team because they're not right now. Now the good news is they get a couple of days off and a couple of extra days, and but now you got to go to in, to Indianapolis to play a Colts team that's not great, but they're not horrible, right? And they've got a pretty decent offense. Then you've got to play the Bengals, and all of a sudden it looks like the Bengals have risen from the dead. And then you know you you've got uh, to play at Seattle, and they're a team fighting for the playoffs. And then you've got the Ravens. So, I mean, I'm not saying you're going to lose all those games, but if you play like you did these last two games, you will lose all those games. But my point is you don't have an easy game left. Yeah, they're not going to be favored, Paul. They're not going to be favored in any of those games. Well, maybe the Bengals game here. But either way, my point is, yeah, that might be the only one. But my point is, you know, these were your two easy games, quote, unquote, right? These were the two games that got you to nine wins. You know, and I, and, I, and I even wrote about it after they won, you know, two weeks ago or whatever, when they got to seven and three or whatever, or seven and four, right? When they got to seven and four, I said, the big thing is here, you know, the, they're going to go nine and get to nine and four. And then at nine and four, you only got to win once or twice and you're probably in the playoffs. Well, now they've got to probably win three games, right? Three of their last four in order to get to the playoffs, I would think. So what are they, seven and six right now, right? So yeah, and the there's, other- there's there's so many teams in the mix now, Paul. That you know, you think it only takes a few of them to get hot, and you're toast. But not just that. What's scary is, say the Bengals win, win this week, right? Now they're seven and six. So you bring them back into the mix. What if the Bills upset the Chiefs, which could easily happen because the Bills have played reasonably well recently. They've they've had some tough luck. But if they win, they're seven and six. Now they're involved again. You know, uh, the the Broncos play the Chargers. What do they win? Now they're seven and six, right? So, um, you know, you you've allowed that you've allowed these other teams now to catch up to you. you. You had an advantage when you were seven and four. You were the five seed, right? And you had two layups in in front of you at home, and you missed them both. And so now you're going to have to scramble and fight really hard to get to the playoffs. That's the thing about losing these games that you're losing. You cannot afford to lose these layups at home. And so, you know, and, 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 and the Patriots, let's face it, they stink, okay? They're not good. They're good run defense. They're okay pass defense. Their special teams are just kind of okay. Their offense is horrific. They've got Bailey Zabappi or whatever the hell his name is out there playing quarterback. You can't lose that game at home. You know, you and I even said between the two games, if you want to tell me that you lose to the Cardinals because Kyler Murray has one of those days where he goes crazy, not ideal, but I guess somewhat acceptable. But there's no way they can lose this game here, and they just did. So, you know, now you're 7-6. and six. You know, you, you still probably are going to be right in the mix for the playoffs at the end of the weekend, but you've put yourself now in a situation where you absolutely, absolutely got to find a way to win at least two, if not three, of your last four games, and I think that's going to be difficult. 
Yeah, I think it's it's unlikely at this point. I, I think they're a long shot to make the playoffs, just given what they have in front of them and how they've looked the last couple of weeks. And, and Paul, if that, at what point do we need to start talking about consequences for Mike Tallman? I think you and I both agree. I, I'd be shocked if he's fired. That's just not the way the Roonies do do business. Um, but does he need to have some of his power, um, you know, taken away in terms of personnel decisions um, with players, with coaches? Um, you know, so much, so many times we see these guys. I mean, the guy on the opposite sideline tonight, Bill Belichick, is you know all powerful in New England, and, and that's kind of gone sideways. Do you tell Mike Tomlin, listen, you can stay the coach, you get to coach for your job next year, but you know your your power within this organization needs to be neutered to some extent. Here's what I do. He's got one more year on his contract. There's no way in hell I give him an extension after this season. Now, they usually do those kind of things, and you know that's probably what's going to happen, right? But to me, I don't give him an extension, and I say, listen, this has got to get a hell of a lot better next year, or else maybe it's time for us to think about parting ways. You know what I mean? I, I, I <laughs> I know all these national guys, they lose their minds about Mike Tomlin, all the, all the thing, they all fawn all over him and this and that and everything. We've watched this for how many years now, right? Okay, good. He gets the nine wins or 10 wins, you know, and he's, he's got great sound bites, but I can't emphasize enough to these people that don't watch this team every single year, every day, like we do. He is three and eight in his last 11 playoff games. Three and eight. It's the longest drought of the Steelers not winning a playoff game since before Chuck Knoll. Now, this isn't Detroit. This isn't Atlanta. This isn't the Jets. This isn't even Cincinnati, where they're excited just to get to the playoffs. I mean, this is ever since Dan Rooney took over, you know, in, in, in the in late 60s, this has become one, the model, one of the model franchises. So to me, I look at it and say, he won a Super Bowl in 2008, which is 15 years ago. At some point, that's got to stop being, you know, he gets a lifetime contract for that. So to me, I, if I'm the Steelers, if I'm if I'm Art Rooney II, I don't give him an extension unless they turn it around. You know, they could win three of their last four and go win a playoff game. That's different. But as I sit right now, I don't know how watching them the last two weeks, they're going to go on the road three times and win three, you know what I mean? And win three times and hell, the kid from Cincinnati from, from the, you know, uh, what's name, uh, uh, the, the quarterback that played Jake the other Brown. night against Jackson with Jake Browning, all of a sudden he looks like he might be actually a pretty good player. And the other thing about it is if you look at the Bengals, they still have the best collection of skill position players around their quarterback. I mean, they've got three receivers. They got a pretty good tight end, but they got three really good receivers and, and Joe Mixon. So, you know, I don't even know how good that kid has to be for them to be, to have a chance. If they can just cut down on their turnovers and, and improve their defense just a little bit, all of a sudden the Bengals become scary again. And, you know, what, for whatever we think about the Browns, and, boy, they've had a lot of quarterback issues and everything else, their defense has actually let them down the last week or two, you know, but the reality is they've still got a really good defense. And if Joe Flacco can give them some life, you know, this is, this is not going to be an easy road. I'm not saying the Steelers can't make the playoffs, but I'm looking at three, three road games 
all three against playoff teams or teams that are right now in playoff position, right? I don't know. Does this team look like it can go on the road and win three times, you know, or at least twice on the road against playoff teams? I just, I mean, you know, there's a path. And, you know, if they do what they do and they they, they, they scramble and they figure out how to get back into the uh, the mix, you know, and they fix some things. But at the end of the day now, uh, I'm not saying that Mike Tomlin's coaching for his job, but I think he should be coaching for an extension, you know, because it's his last year. He he should absolutely be coaching for an extension. And if he doesn't, if they don't make the playoffs, I don't, I don't give a hell about nine and eight. I, you know, hey, I never had a losing season. I don't give a hell about that. Because that the other thing about that is if they go nine and eight and they miss the playoffs, and you know, you realize that Mike Tomlin has been the coach for 17 years. And I, you've probably read my article, but, if you didn't, how many years out of 17 years will he have won a playoff game? I, I, I did not see that stat, Paul. How many is it? Four. Only four times in 17 years has he won a playoff game. Now, I'm not saying he's – listen, I think he's a, he's been a good coach. He's been a guy who's – you know, they, the, the Steelers like stability and all that other stuff. But four times in 17 years – so all of the, you know, blubbering and slobbering all these national guys do over Mike Tomlin, it's like, will you actually look at what he's done in the postseason? You know, people talk about the fact that, oh, wow, you know, he's got, he's got, uh, you know, never had a losing season. To which I always say, well, actually, he has had a losing season. It's called the postseason, where he's eight and nine. That's the bottom line there. So, again, I think that he's got four games here. He's coach. If you ask me, he's, he should be coaching for an extension. And, and if the Rooney's give him an extension, if they go nine and eight, miss the playoffs, and they give him an extension, then you know, you know, God bless them. But they get what they deserve. Period. Yeah, and here's the thing, Paul. What I've said for a long time is is when they decided to keep him after those killer bees started breaking up, after Antonio Brown leaves, after Le'Veon Bell leaves. Um, you know, I think that was the time to make a move. And and if you don't do it, then you you have to ride out this you know, period of rebuilding and all of that. Um, I don't know if rebuilding is the right word, but, but you know what I'm saying. Going from the end of Roethlisberger to the beginning of Kenny Pickett, that was always going to be a tumultuous time. It was always going to extend the window and when's your last playoff berth, when's your last playoff win. Um, and, and so I don't hold a lot of that against him, but I've said for two years, you have to be a good team by this time at the end of year two with a rookie quarterback in that window where you can build a team around him where you're not investing all your money in a quarterback and this is where we are. You've lost the two two win teams in the space of six days, or what is it? Four days, five days, whatever it is. Yes, you're not a good team. I, I don't look at this team and say you're a good team. And so I think all of the criticisms at that point um, are fair. And, and like I'd love to talk about the game a little bit, Paul. But this just kind of feels like a, a little bit of a therapy session for people because it, that's how can you talk about the game when when the big picture is what it is right now? You just lost back to back to teams that came into your building a combined four and what is it four and 20 you just lost back to back i mean i don't know how we're supposed to take you seriously as a playoff team now again the the steelers seem to rally and they seem to fight and they seem to figure out ways to win games and nobody you know nobody will give them a chance to go out to indianapolis and win right you know how that is spend a week burying them and they'll come out and play really inspired football, and they'll figure out a way, and they'll win the game, and all of a sudden, oh, we're all we're, we're back. But 
the road is long right now. I mean, you've got four games left, and I think you're probably going to have to win three of them to get to the playoffs. And three of your four games are on the road. And all four games are against teams in playoff position. So, I mean, they will have to earn their playoff spot, period. But if you lose twice, to me, if you lose twice, I don't want to hear about nine and eight anymore. I'm done with that. I mean, you know. And the other thing I don't want to hear about, well, they had Kenny, you know. When was the last time Kenny scored 18 points? I mean, seriously, I mean, if we're really going to get down to it, I mean, the, the, the bottom line is they they have when, when Kenny Pickett was the starter, they averaged 16.6 per game. They scored 18 tonight, which is exactly what they usually do anyway. So, you know, I don't want to hear that either. You know, they, 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 they've, they've just got to figure out a way to play better football than they're playing right now. And, you know, I think part of that is just they've got to uh, – the, the disappointing thing with this team has been defense, you know. And you can't even blame – you know, it would be one thing if we sat here and said, well, Landon Roberts couldn't play tonight, and that's a big loss in the middle of their defense. He played the entire game and was probably the best player on defense for them tonight. So you can't even come up with, a, you know, uh, remember last last week when, when the Arizona Cardinals went 99 yards – against the Steelers, and Mike Tomlin came up with some nonsense about how, well, we lost Landon Roberts, and uh, he has the green dot, and he had miscommunications. You can't even come up with that t- tonight. You know, you had Joey Porter. You had Manka. I mean, really, you know, you were missing almost nobody. And, you you know, you had Highsmith. You had Watt. You had Hayward. You had Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, you had Casey played. I mean, what are we talking about here? So, to me, you can't even use that as an excuse. Okay, fine. You know, your offense is a work in progress, and you're trying to figure some things out, and you got, you know, uh, you know, Mitch making his first start of the year and all that other stuff. So, you're trying to, you know, okay, good. You just played a team that lost three weeks in a row despite giving up 10 points or less three weeks in a row. And you've got this $250 million defense or whatever the hell it is, and you can't do anything with that, that's terrible. That's disappointing. I think we talk a lot about the offense, but guess what? This one is just as much on the defense as it is on the offense because you cannot allow a team like the the Patriots, who are terrible on offense, to score 21 points. And, yeah, okay, one was a short field. Good. You know what a good defense does? Holds them to a field goal there. Period. Because you know what? Because you know what happened? Well, you know what happened? On the other end, when the, when the Patriots got their, their interception and got a short field, did the Steelers score a touchdown there? No, the Patriots actually got the ball, stopped them on fourth down and got the ball, which let's talk about that decision. I was, I, I, that's where I was going, I, Paul. I guess it turned out okay because they got lucky and blocked the punt. But with about, what, 11, 10 minutes left or whatever it was, 12 minutes left, Kick the field goal there. Now you're down one score. So, again, they got lucky because, you know, Miles Killebrew made a great play and punt it, blocked the punt. But if he doesn't do that, you will have wasted one of your possessions there, you know, and, and where you have a shot, you know, to basically uh, uh, kick a field goal, get to within one score. So I didn't get that. I thought that was a terrible decision. It was fourth and three, I think, or fourth and the long two. 
And which, by the way, on fourth and a long two, how do you complete a pass and it doesn't, and you're short of the sticks, which is another thing that I don't understand what happened there. Um, and then, you know, to me, you blow a timeout. Then you blow a timeout to decide to go for it on fourth and one. Well, guess what? When you blow that second timeout and you get to, to and it's now it's fourth and two, and you got to go for it. Um, Again, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say everything is Mike Tomlin's fault, but guess what? He's the one that picked these players. In large part, most of these guys, I guarantee you, you know, Omar, Omar Khan and Andy White on those guys, I, I guarantee you there's not a single player on this roster that Mike Tomlin didn't sign off on. Yeah, and, and that, Paul, that, I think that's my biggest the biggest question going into the offseason is not whether he'll be fired. I, I know everyone in the chat wants us to talk about that. We're not in charge of that decision. It's, it's up to the Roonies. You know how they do business, everyone. I just would be shocked if he's fired. But when I look around this roster and I look at all of the – you know, you've had this discussion on some of our, our Thursday shows of how parochial things are and how everyone has to have a tie to the Steelers or a tie to Pitt or a tie to Maryland where his son played or a tie to Penn State. And, and um, you know, at some point, doesn't that, that power have to erode with him? Uh, that's I'm at that point where you know you've got to say just coach the team, coach the team. We'll pick the players, and and you take the players, and you you make them a competitive team. That's that's what a coach is supposed to be. Um, you're not the general manager as well. You know, Bill Belichick earned that by winning how many Super Bowls? You haven't done that. Why why, right. should, why should Mike Tomlin have that amount of power? Um, Paul, I got a couple more questions for you. Just want to thank a couple more sponsors. Um, Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer. Call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. Also, I want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Um, Paul, we've talked a lot about Mike Tom. Let's get into Mitch Trubisky and some of these other guys quickly here before the end of the show. Um, I thought I thought Mitch Trubisky made you long for Kenny Pickett tonight. Um, you know, he made some terrible decisions. Only has the one had, had the one interception, but I think when the pro football focus grades on this game come out, he's going to have four or five turnover worthy plays. Um, where do you come down on him, and where do you come down on the Mason Rudolph chant tonight? <laughs> Does it matter at this point? Um, I think now that Mitch Trubisky played this game tonight, you probably have to play him next week in Indianapolis. I mean, it doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. To me, you give him his first start. I mean, you look at the kid from Cincinnati. You know, his first start was here, and he looked terrible. And then he goes out to Jacksonville. <laughs> And he looks better than Joe Burrow. You almost have to let him build on what he did today. Um, again, I, all these quarterbacks they have to me look the same. I, I you know, I, I think Mitch Trubisky's, uh, they didn't take advantage of his ability to run enough, you know. Um, and I thought at times they he was inaccurate, but at times they, 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 this offense, they just they, they like holds their quarterbacks back. You know, they don't, you know, now. One of the, you know, forget about one of the other dumbest things I've ever seen, Adam. Two minutes and one second left. 
fourth and two, and you've blown your timeouts. So you absolutely need to get the first down here, or the game is over. And you throw, you take a deep shot. You take a deep shot. For one thing, I, I mean, when I saw that, I just said, I, I, I'm these last 10, 12 minutes, I'm not sure which guy, which coach can convince me more that he's tanking. You know, Belichick with some of the things he did or Tomlin with stuff like that. Like, to me, but again, I don't know if that was a check at the line and Mitch Trubisky just decided he was going to try and play hero ball. You absolutely had to have the fourth and two. Or the game's over. And they got, you know, they got a little bit of a reprieve because the way, you know, I I thought they got the first, uh, the the Patriots got the first down, which would have been games over. And then I thought they get it again when, when Zabappi or whatever his name was, was pushed, you know, from behind, he was pushed forward and then kind of stopped. If you watch it, it looks to me like they made the first down twice. So the Steelers got 20, you know, 20, what, 20 seconds or 19 seconds left. But for the most part, the game's over at that point. Because they couldn't stop the clock anymore. And so I, 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 I there was that. And then uh, I, I felt like you all probably have to play Mitch Trubisky next week. Just because, and what, are you going to bring in Mason Rudolph? He hasn't, when was the last time he started a game? He's going to, you're going to bring him off the street cold like that? I Probably not. You know, now I would say this, Mitch Trubisky's leash Needs to be extremely short next week. You know, he throws a pick early. I'd get him out. They go three and out three or four times or whatever. I get him out. But at right now, where it sits, you still have to start him. The, the Mason oh. Rudolph ch- chance were kind of funny, though. Yeah, it's it's really true that the backup quarterback, no matter the circumstances, the most popular guy in town. Um, Paul, that Michael Walker, that's uh, the other guy that they're putting out there, middle linebacker to cope with all these injuries, comes up with the interception, but was getting cooked in coverage all night. <laughs> um, is that just going to be the way life is? How do you fix that at this point? I mean, I think that's just the way it's going to be. And you're going to live with that. I mean, that's, you're going to live with that, you know. And 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 really, he got the interception, but it, but Roberts made the play, and then he got the interception. It wasn't fast enough to score a touchdown, you know. So I mean, you know, but you got to live with that. You're, you know, listen, everybody. I, this is the other thing I'm so tired of hearing about is all oh the the the, oh, the injuries and this and that, and it's so hard and all this other stuff. Look, everybody's banged up in the league right now. Everybody is just trying to patch certain holes they have in their roster. Everybody is doing it. So to me, the Steelers are no different than anybody else. Um, You're going to have a couple of places where you're playing somebody who might not be quite good enough. But you can't let that define who you are. And again, when you've got all of the stars they have on defense, you should be able to overcome one guy who's maybe not good enough. Yeah, and listen, they've had guys who weren't good enough the last couple of years, and they haven't turned in performances like we've seen the last couple of weeks. I mean, you know, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane at various points in time, and not like they were world beaters in those situations either. So, um, you know, you got to make – the guys who are getting paid the money, Paul, have to start making 
more plays, and maybe that's unfair to ask of them, but um, that's the way it's got to go. Paul, I'm going to get you out of here on this. Um, Kirk Herbstreet called out, um, I, I thought, the, the Steelers' personnel a little bit tonight, um, pointing out that, that the Patriots were able to creep up, um, you know, force Mitch Trubisky into some of those mistakes because um, – they they didn't respect what the, the, the Steelers were throwing at them. Allen Robinson was not a threat to go deep. Um, how many times in the last couple of weeks have I heard 76 is reporting as eligible? So that's one of your five eligible playmakers on the field is Chuk Sikora for. <laughs> was that 10 or 12 snaps the last two games each time that, that oh, 76 is eligible? Well, you know he's not getting the ball. Um, Connor Hayward is is getting a ton of run. I mean, they just don't have the weapons to, to draw any coverage off of the guys who are any good in Deontay Johnson and, and George Pickens, and, and I don't think there's an easy fix for that either. No, there isn't. Again, we, we, we talked about it in the preseason. We talked about it in the offseason. All the moves they made to fix all these other positions, and they completely neglected receiver. They went out and got Allen Robinson, who – I'm not sure if we went out there on the field. I'm 53 years old. I don't know if he could beat me in a race, okay? But that was the guy he went out and got. Then, of course, it was, well, you know what? It doesn't matter because we got Calvin Austin, and I'm going to tell you, this guy's an unbelievable weapon. First of all, the guy can't stay healthy. Second of all, the guy does nothing. What is he? He's no, Nobody's afraid of him in this league. So you basically have, you know, George Pickens, who spends half the game pouting and running lazy routes. But he's a superstar, by the way. And Deontay Johnson, who makes a couple of plays every game, and then and then they realize that he's this is the only guy we got to cover, right? Because you didn't do a good job of actually going out and filling out your receiving court. That's why there's they have no weapons out there that anyone is afraid of other than Pickens. And guess what? You can cover him because he covers himself half the time. So at the end of the day, this is what we're looking at. And, 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 and so, you know, we can call, you know, out Matt Canada and Mike Sullivan and, and Eddie Faulkner and, you know, you know, whatever, whoever else is in there. What's, what's the other guy's name? Dutch Schultz or whatever his name is. That's a, that's the, the, the assistant to the, it's a supposedly the, the guru behind the scenes guy. You know, you got all these guys. It doesn't matter. You got three quarterbacks who are just kind of, <laughs> you got an, you got a center. Listen. That center, honestly, that center that they have gets pushed backwards so often. I mean, they just basically bull rush him one-on-one. It's ridiculous. He's terrible, and half of his snaps don't even make it back to the quarterback. So, you know, it's easy to say, well, you know, Mitch Trubisky or Kenny wasn't great or this or that and everything. I'm looking at an offense, and I say if I'm the defense – who am I afraid of on that offense? Who is scaring me on that offense? You've got two running backs that run hard. That's great. Okay. They, they run hard, but that's what they are. They're two guys. They're run hard guys, right? There's nobody on that offense you're afraid of. Nobody. But you know what, Adam? You and I were talking about this in the offseason when we had doing these videos in the offseason. I've been talking about this for eight months now. What are they going to do to make their receiving core better? Because they really don't have anybody that scares you. And so that's 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 where I look at this team, and I just say that's that's but you know what? There's still no excuse for losing tonight because you got a you know two hundred and fifty million dollar defense or whatever it is, and you're playing against a team that guards themselves and you can't and you give up twenty one points. I mean, give me a break. 
That's where you talk. Uh, give me, that's that's the biggest problem that you got. Seriously, you just let some guy named Bailey Zabappi or whatever the hell his name is come walking in. I think uh, someone told me I had to ask somebody. I, I think a guy played at like Southern Baptist or Western Baptist or Houston Baptist or someplace like that. You just let him waltz in here and give give you three touchdowns. Hi, uh, think about that. So I don't know. I I, I don't know. It's easy to it's easy to say. Well, there's this and that and everything. I'm looking at the whole team. To me, the defense was supposed to carry the load. And if ever there was a game they should have carried the load, it's this one. And they couldn't. So, anyway. Yeah, it's a bleak place, Paul. Um, this I don't think this was our most structured show of all time. I think we just kind of riffed here. Uh, but I think this was, this was one of those games where it was warranted. And, um, you know, it, it just feels like a real gut check situation and, you know, we can break down the nuts and bolts, but at the end of the day, it's the big picture that I think you're really focusing on after this game. Um, Paul, it's just it's just about midnight here on the East Coast. Um, I'm going to let you get home. I'm going to let everyone else go to sleep. But make sure you subscribe if, if you're one of – this is our record live audience for us. We've had almost – we had almost 800 concurrent people at one point tonight. So that's, um, you know, great reaction. Glad to have you all aboard. If you're joining us for the first time, Please subscribe to the channel. We'll have plenty more reaction to this game. Christopher Carter will be back with the North Shore Drive podcast on Friday. Um, I'm sure he'll be talking to Ray Fittipaldo, get his thoughts and grades on this game. Um, we'll have plenty of Steelers talk next week as well. Um, Brian Backo will be through. Um, me and Paul will be back next Thursday. So please subscribe. Please like this video if you enjoyed it. Help us out in the YouTube algorithm. Um, and we will catch you again on the other side. Thanks for stopping by, Paul. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.